All right, so the first order of business that I wanted to do today was to, um, was to give you my uh, little addition to yesterday's uh, shear. Um, to sum up all of yesterday's shear in 34 seconds, um, I think we proved um, quite convincingly that the halachot, oh, there's Ariella Steiner, there she comes. Okay, um, we, I think we, pr we proved quite convincingly that the, uh, the details of the, of the halachot, of the eating of the Korban Pesach, um, are very closely related to, um, to the details of the Achila of the Kohanim. That, that, I think, it goes without, without question whatsoever. What do you do with that? So yesterday, what I did with that was something very, very simple. And I said, they have a common denominator. They are both modeled after diplomatic eating, high society eating. High society people eat in a certain way. Kohanim are considered high society people. And Onel HaSeder were considered high society people. Okay, that's as far as we went with it yesterday. What I would like to suggest today is something one step further. It's a little bit more gutsy. Um, what I would like to suggest is that on Seder night, not only do we eat in the manner that Kohanim would eat, but we are. Kohanim. Each and every one of us plays the role of Kohen when it comes to the eating of the Korban Pesach. And in order to get this idea across, I'd like to just point out a couple of uh, background pieces of information. Um, number one is that if we think about it, Kohanim are a subset of Shevet Levi. Because they get their special role in the Beit HaMikdash as a function of the fact that Shevet Levi uh, had a special function in the Beit HaMikdash. When was it that Shevet Levi obtained their special status? We read, it seems to be the time of Chet Egel. Right? When Chet Egel, uh, they did not participate in Chet Egel, so Shevet Levi got to the special status. And we have the whole situation at the beginning of, uh, in, in Sefer Bamidbar, where we need to swap the Bechorot for the Levi'im, or the Levi'im for the Bechorot, rather. Right? And they're swapped one to one, but there's a discrepancy in the numbers there, and therefore those uh, Levi'im who don't have a corresponding Bechor to them, so there's a pigyon, there's a certain amount of money that's paid. But the whole process of the Levi'im taking on this special role really dates back to their replacing the role of the Bechor. The role of the Mikdash should have belonged to the Bechor, and they lost it because of Chet Egel, and therefore it went to the, it went to the Levi. Okay, so that's, that's stage one in our evolution of who says the Kohanim are so special anyways. Right? Kohanim are part of Levi, and Levi takes over when the Bechorim get thrown out at the point of Chet Egel. When was it that the Bechorim got their special status? When, when did that become a thing? When, did, when were they appointed? as special, a special group of people. One would imagine, uh, it's actually not to imagine, the Pasuk in the Torah, right, that the Bechor has a special status from the moment that HaKadosh Baruch Hu performed Makat Bechorot in Mitzrayim and did not kill the firstborn of the Jewish people. The firstborn of all others were wiped out, but the firstborn of the Jews were not wiped out 
it's at that point that HaKadosh Baruch Hu dedicated, sanctified the status of the Bukhar as someone special in Halakha. And we find this because of Halakha of Pijon Haben, and Pijon Peter Hamor, and Bukhar Behemat Tehorah, etc. The Bukhar appears in, in a very, very special status uh, across the board. When did that happen? Makat Bukharot. When did Makat Bukharot happen? Go ahead, guys. Demute yourselves. When did Makat Bukharot happen? The last night. The, 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 the last night. What time? Katsotalayla. Midnight. Kachatzot. We're going to be, you know, specific about the pasuk. Okay. Uh, basically midnight. Basically midnight. Now, wh when is the korban pesach able to be eaten until? What did we say last time? Midnight. Oh, Ladra, can't you hear ya? Midnight. 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 So when the korban pesach was finished at the end of the Korban Pesach. I'm talking about the original Korban Pesach, the Korban Pesach in Mitzrayim. When, that, when the final buzzer went off and you can no longer eat the Korban Pesach, Korban Pesach is finished. What happened at that moment? Makat Bechorot. So it's at that moment, it's at the moment of Makat Bechorot, at midnight, at, on Seder night, that each and every Bechor took on a special status. So who was it prior to midnight? Who was, who was supposed to be doing the stuff before midnight? There were no Kohanim, because there was no Levi'im, because there was no Bechorim. So who is it? The answer is each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. We are the ones that were supposed to take on that role. We were the ones who were supposed to be doing our Korbanot. There was no middleman. There was no Shevet that was dedicated for this particular thing. It was... To, to paraphrase the, the Pasuk that's said a little bit later, of Mamlechet Kohani, an entire nation full of Kohani. I know that Pasuk is in Parshat Yitro later on, but I'm borrowing it for here. Okay. To, to demonstrate the idea that the idea of the, of, the, of the Kuna was really supposed to be done, or at least at that stage, I don't know what the ultimate the end game was, but at that stage, the status of Kohen was conferred upon each and every one of us. So on Pesach night, tonight, this year, on Pesach night this year, when I sit down to eat the Korban Pesach, one of the main things that we're supposed to do is we are commemorating, and it's not just commemorating, it's reenacting. It's a very, very important letter that the Rambam changes when he describes the Halacha. We're all familiar with the line in the Haggadah that says, Behold, Dor Vador, in every generation, each and every one of us is, in, is, is obliged to see themselves as if they left Egypt. And the Rambam in his in Hilchot Pesach Hamitzumatz and Perak Zayin changes the word Lirot to Leharot. Changes it from the obligation to see oneself to the obligation to demonstrate. So what we do on Seder night is we demonstrate our having left Egypt. We reenact having left Egypt. I believe 
that besides acting like free men, besides leaning, besides having four cups of wine, besides eating the matzah and the mar, besides all of those in reenactments, we also reenact our role of kohanim on that final evening when we all share that status. When we were all at the stage of the status of kohanim. So why do I eat my korma pesach like a kohen? Not simply because kohanim eat in a cool manner. I want to be cool too. But more directly, I eat like a kohen on Seder night because I am a kohen on Seder night. Uh, that might be the kittel minhag, you know, maybe more directly related to that. In other words, I'm actually dressed up in some sort of big day kihuna, big day lavan even, so to speak. Um, and I, I, we take on the role of, uh, of, of, of Kohanim. Okay, so I, I, I freely admit that this, this piece we added on today is conjecture. I, I, I like it a lot. I think it's very, very nice. I think it really works. Um, but if people, you know, yell at you and throw karoset at you or, you know, whatever it is, um, because that's, that's, that's heresy and kfira, so you should just know that that part is, 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 is a little bit up for argument. Uh, the parts that we mentioned last uh, in, in the last class, uh, I don't think of for argument. I think those are those are simply shot. And if you just look into the to the the halakot there, I think that, that they come uh, shining through. Okay, so that's making up for what we didn't get to yesterday. Uh, what I promised for today's shear was what do we need in five seven eight zero to being able to bring korban pesach? Okay, that's that's our subject matter that I really want to tackle today, and. Uh, and here it goes. So, believe it or not, this is not just a question asked by a bunch of messianic harabite wacko people like myself, okay, that uh, believe that uh, Beit HaMikdash and Korbanot are right around the corner and just, you know, just, just, just hold on to your seat and it's, and, 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 and it's happening. Uh, this is a question that goes back to uh, all kinds of points in Jewish history, but I'd like to focus upon um, one particular um, time in Jewish history, um, in 1846. Okay? In 1846, uh, this question comes up in a very serious manner. Okay, and here's the book. You can see it. I think I, I have it on mirror image, so it's, uh, you can't. Really, it's all backwards, right? It looks backwards, you guys. It looks backwards. Anybody want to shake their heads? Mm -hmm. Can you read the title? Yeah, I mean it's a little bit out of the oh, okay. One me, focus. Right. But... There we go. Because um, by me it looks backwards. Okay, I guess that's the, the selfie world. Okay, um, the book is called Drishat Zion by Ritzvi Hirsch Kalisher. Okay, Ritzvi Hirsch Kalisher was a rabbi in Eastern Europe, um, again in the 18, uh, mid 1800s, uh, and he's seen as one of the, uh, the major uh, figures of what we would call today religious Zionism. Um, religious, he was rabbi in the whole business. Uh, he got the big beard and the hat and the whole business. Um, and uh, and Zionist because he was very much part of the movement um, uh, of Zionism. Again, keep in mind this is the mid 1800s. This is this is 40, 50 years before Herzl even decides to, to dream about uh, you know being at Dreyfus's uh, trial and deciding to solve the Jewish problem. Uh, they're coming at their Zionism not from the political side of things, but very, very, very much from the religious side of things. And Reb Tzvi Hirsch Kalisher, by the way, the 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 um, the, the kibbutz Tirat Tzvi, 
okay, in up north that, that you may be familiar with because if you've been on B'nai Akiva, you may have been in Tirat Tzvi, uh, or if you eat hot dogs, you may have eaten hot dogs in Tirat Tzvi. Um, they're famous for all kinds of things. They're, they're up in the Bitan, near Beit She'an. Next is Yahu, Tirat Tzvi. They're all there on the same road. Uh, they, they go. It's named after him. It's named after the Tzvi Hirsh Kalisha. Um, so he wrote a letter to another famous individual, um, one of the brothers from the Rothschild um, uh, dynasty. The Rothschilds were all bankers. Okay, that's that's where they made their money. It was all it was all it was all in banking. Uh, and he writes a letter um, to the Rothschilds, trying to convince them to do the following. The political situation here in Eretz Yisrael at the time, under the Ottoman Empire, the Ottomans were having a rough time. They, they were strapped for cash. Um, the Crimean War was around the corner. Uh, there was all kinds of, of, of things that were going on. And the suggestion was, I got a great idea, says the Tzviyosh Kalishar. Why don't you just you know, negotiate with the, uh, the, the Ottomans, the Turkish authorities, to buy Harabite, and we can bring Korban Pesach. We can bring Korbanot. Okay, this is his letter um, to the Rothschild. As a matter of fact, in the back of the book, okay, in the back of the book, there's like an insert at the very back here. Uh, what they've done is there's a facsimile copy of the letter. I'll just fold it out here for a second. Hold on. Okay, they actually have the whole the whole letter here. It's both sides of this thing here. A very, very um, nice penmanship is there. That is a copy uh, of the letter from Rav Svirish Kalisher that this entire book is based upon. Okay, and it, it was later, it was actually printed in regular letters in the book itself um, with commentary on it and with historical background and everything else. Okay, so let's try to figure out what the, what the halakhic basis is. So there, there was a couple of, of obstacles that, that come to mind um, in being able to bring Korban Pesach Bizman Hasek. There are political issues. There are financial issues. Okay, those are, are things that are not our topic right now, um, but those are things that have to be uh, dealt with. Okay, uh, this particular era of Pesach, it's quite likely that Harabait will be empty. Okay, and uh, if there was some Korban Pesach going on there, it probably would not insult any Muslims out there. But um, uh, anyway, so there's, there's an example of where we think life goes in one particular direction, and who knows? Okay, we have no idea um, what's going to be in another hour from now um, and what's going to be happening. So it, things change. But the most formidable barrier that we would have to bringing Korban Pesach, which I'm sure is running through all of your minds, because everything we've talked about revolves around it, is the problem of Tumah. We're not pure. Okay, We, we have become Tameh for all kinds of reasons. Now, when it comes to most of the types of Tumah that we have come in contact with, um, mikvah will solve that. Okay, so mikvah solves every single type of tumah that you can possibly imagine, except for tumat mit. Okay, having come in contact with a with a with a corpse, having touched one, having been in the same room as one, uh, having been in a cemetery, all of those things render each and every one of us to be tameimate. Uh, in many circumstances, which may mate from moments after we're born. Okay, if you're born in the hospital and there's a, someone who passes away in the particular hospital, so that could be, you know, already your may mate from the get-go. Um, and, uh, you know, so what about Tuma? 
So here the halacha is, and we, we mentioned this yesterday in passing, that uh, there's a halacha known as tuma hutra betzibur. Tuma is pushed aside, is overcome. When it, we're talking about a public, a communal service. Basically, it means the following. If everybody else is tahor, and I'm tame, I want to bring a korban. Can I bring the korban? No, because I'm tame. Okay, so you cannot bring the korban if I am tame. But what happens if everybody is tame? Everybody's tame. In fact, you don't even need everybody. You need one of three conditions. Either the majority of the people are tame, or the majority of the kohanim are tame, meaning there was some Kohen conference out there and you know something bad happened and, and they all became Tame, okay, but the rest of the people are not Tame. Okay, or if the people are, are okay and the Kohanim are okay, but the Kalim of the Beit Amigdash are Tame for whatever reason, in any one of those three circumstances, we can play the Joker card. Okay, as we can play this magical card that's called Tumahutra Sigur, and we can bring korbanot despite the fact that we are tamei. Okay, despite the fact that we are tamei, this works. Okay, now the the only uh, caveat to this entire uh, issue is the word sibur. What do we mean by sibur? Uh, before I get to that, to that question, let me answer Bakke's question from yesterday. Yesterday, when I mentioned this, Bakke said, "Wait a second! If you can bring the korban when you're tamei." So what's Pesach Sheni all about? After all, wasn't Pesach Sheni people coming and saying, how come you know, we can't bring the Korban if, if we're Tamei? You just said Tamei is okay. Well, the answer you should, now, should now be evident to you. Pesach Sheni is there for those people who are in the minority who are Tamei. The majority of the people are Tahor. The Kohanim are Tahorim. The Kelim are Tahorim. Everything is great. There's 20, 30, 40, 50,000, whatever it is, but there's a minority of people that are Tamei under those circumstances, we cannot use the rule of Tumahutrabitzibur. And it's under those circumstances that the people came yelling and screaming to Moshe Rabbeinu, Lama Nigara, how come we're being discriminated against? And the solution was found in the, in, in the, in the, in the form of Pesach Shein. But going back to the, to, to, to the point, when we talk about um, Tumahutrabitzibur, what does that mean? It has to be a public issue. Meaning the korban has to be a public korban. Now, a public korban usually means a korban that is purchased on behalf of all of Am Yisrael from the money that is collected through machatzit hashekel. The way the, the, the mikdash finance, financial department works is that there's a collection of machatzit hashekel from each and every one of us once a year. All that money is pooled. And from there, we buy the communal korbanot. What do I mean by communal korbanot? Every single day, there were two communal korbanot, the tamit shoshaka, the tamit shobein On days that there's musaf, that was also done from there. There's a whole bunch of things of korbanot that, that, that were purchased from, from this, this collection of the machasit shekel. Leftover money from that was used to keep the Beit HaMikdash uh, you know, repaired and, 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 and repainted and, and, and everything. There's a whole list of things what they would do with the extra funds that were there because it, it didn't, you know, if everybody's giving Machsita Shekel, that's a lot of money. Okay, that's a lot of money. Uh, so, so there's a whole list of things exactly what they would do um, for maintenance and other things uh, with, with the money. But the, the idea is that this is money that is 
um, that goes to goes to purchase a, um, a a communal korban. I don't bring the korban tamid. You don't bring the korban tamid. A kohen brings the korban tamid on behalf of all of us. That's what we refer to as a korban tibur. So when it comes to a korban tibur, this rule works. You want to bring the korban tamid, even though everybody's tameh, no problem. But you want to bring korban musaf, even though everybody's tameh, no problem. What's the problem? The problem is we don't have the money for the matzita shekel. Right? It, it doesn't work if we didn't collect the money from everybody. So the, you know, it doesn't have the mechanism to turn it into a korban tibur because we didn't collect the funds. So we're a little bit stuck there. We can't really use this rule because it only applies to a korban sibur, and every korban sibur, by definition, requires machasita shekel. We haven't done machasita shekel, so we're stuck. Well, in comes super korban. Okay, it has a big P on it. Okay, on on, on his T-shirt. Okay, it's korban pesach. Korban pesach is a fascinating korban when it comes to its classification. It, it, it sounds like it's a korban yachid, an individual korban, because who brings it? Every individual family unit, chavura, that are put together. They each bring a korban pesach. They raise the funds together. The family goes out and buys the lamb, or the kid, as Jackie told us, and, and we go out and, and we bring the korban. It's brought from private funds. Yet, the Gemara tells us, that this korban is considered a korban tzibur. It is as well considered a korban tzibur, despite the fact that the funds come from private accounts, precisely because it is an obligation upon each and every one of us at the exact same time. The, the fact that we all have to bring the korban Pesach on Yudalad in the afternoon turns the korban Pesach into a korban Sibur. Okay? That, oh, then the light bulb goes off over your head. Okay? And all of a sudden, you end up with a situation where you, you, you have a korban sibur. You have a korban sibur that doesn't require machatita shekel. Wow! That's amazing. Okay? So now we, are, we're, 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 we can use the express line here. Um, and we, we, can, we can use the mikdash even though we, um, uh, we're, we're tamay. So we do not have to grapple with the issue of the para aduma because it's just not relevant because it's not necessary in order to get us to move forward. So that was that was the major obstacle that people thought is tumah, and uh, the tzirush kalisher indicates the fact or he just teaches us this is like this is like a very very basic uh, stuff that this is not a problem whatsoever. By the way, he, he, had a, um, he traded letters on this issue with Rabbi Akiva Eger. You may have, may have heard of him. He's a very, very famous rabbinic figure at the time. Uh, the Gadol Hador, if not one of the, the, the Gadol Hador, not the Gadol Hador. Um, and he, the letters go back and forth. You can see them in the Chuvas of Rabbi Akiva Eger between him and Atsuyash Kalish on this issue. Eventually, after two or three letters go back and forth, uh, Rabbi Kiva Eger is already very, very old at this point, and he feels he doesn't have the acumen anymore to be able to deal with these questions. And he recommends that his son-in-law, the Hassam Sofer, um, pick up the conversation, uh, and uh, and they pick up the conversation together. So th this is a discussion that that is, that is going on amongst the Gedolim, uh, the very biggest names in the rabbinic world in Europe, 
in the mid-1800s. There are a couple of other issues at hand that, um, that were being tackled by the Tzvi Hirsch uh, Number one is the Mizbeach. Okay, we need the Mizbeach. You can't bring a Korban anywhere else but its precise location on Harabait where the Mizbeach goes. That is a non-negotiable issue. It must be on that spot. Okay, so the question is, do we have the ability to, uh, to identify that particular spot or not? And the Tzir Kalishar thinks yes, and, and uh, there's discussion back and forth on it. Uh, today, I think that we're in a much, much better position um, uh, to have a, uh, a handle on exactly where the Mizbeach is. Uh, the details are, are too great for this um, um, particular... Uh, yes, the answer is Prabhat. If we know, uh, can you just build it on your own accord? Uh, yeah, there's a mitzvah to build a mikdash. There's a mitzvah to build a mikdash. This is the, the Rambam, the Sefer mitzvot. We have an obligation to do so. Okay, we'll get to the politics in the last 34 seconds of this year. But uh, they, they're, they're, there's a mitzvah. You, know, you put up a, you put up a mizbeach uh, that's, that's there. Uh, the mizbeach could be a temporary mizbeach, and the mizbeach can be very, very simple, as a matter of fact. Okay, it does not have to be um, that that difficult uh, to, to put together. The Mizbeach can be, can be put together without that much effort. Uh, people from Mechon Amigdash uh, have at least one that's ready to go um, if uh, the opportunity presents itself. That is, uh, so that is one, one particular issue. Another uh, important issue that came up was the Kohanim. Who's a Kohen? Right. Do, do, what do we, what, 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 are, what are our criteria for for accepting the fact that 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 someone is a kohen, is it, by the way, any of you uh, from kohanim families? Nobody. Okay, that's the people that have been. My grandmother's a bat kohen. Ah, mother's a bat kohen. Okay, so your so your grandfather says he's a kohen. Okay, your grandfather says he's a kohen. So who says? Right, who says he's actually a kohen? So there are the question is, do you need? What I would call a pedigreed kohen, okay, the kohen that has a clear um, yihus that goes all the way back. They can tra- they can they can they can uh, track their their lineage all the way back to a, a bona fide kohen. But you don't have to go that far back because there are kohanim uh, throughout history who who have already done this. So as long as you can get to one of them, so then 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 you're good to go um, for, for for that. But but. Honestly, most of the Kohanim out there um, cannot do that. Right? Most of the Kohanim cannot accurately track their lineage um, by name, one after another, documented proof that they are actual, uh, actual Kohanim. What do we have instead? They're known as Kohanim Chazaka. They're assumed Kohanim. Right? What makes them assumed Kohanim? Because they act like Kohanim, meaning they, they, they get the first alien shul, they're very careful not to go to funerals and become Tamela mates. Uh, you know, they do, they don't, they don't marry divorcees. They, 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 conduct themselves, um, they conduct, they conduct themselves as a Kohen. Um, the, is that good enough? Okay. And there's a whole discussion whether that is, that is sufficient or not. Um, and Rev. Tzvi'ir's Kalishur is, is, makes the claim that that is good enough, and that's part of the discussion back and forth between him and the Sofa, him and Rev. Uh, as to whether it is or not. 
another piece of the discussion that in the mid-1800s was being debated fiercely in the Batei Midrash, but in a totally theoretical um, manner, and that has to do with the Big Day Kihuna. A Kohen is a great thing, but you need also a Kohen who is in uniform. If you're not wearing the Big Day Kihuna, then it doesn't work. The Abu Pasu. So do we know how to make the Big Day Kihuna? Um, so many of them are very, very simple. One of the elements that, that we need in order to make the Big Day Kihuna is Tchelet. So the discussion came up here. Ah, we need to find Tchelet in order to make sure that we can you know, put the requisite elements in the Big Day Kihuna. And do we have that um, or don't we have that? Again, in the mid-1800s, this was, this was a discussion that is extremely, extremely theoretical. Um, that today, Baruch Hashem, um, uh, things are, are extremely, extremely different. Okay, uh, just, just hold, hold on one second. Okay, that's a uh, murex trunculus. Okay, uh, that is a snail. Okay, this is a snail that uh, is used to produce chaylet. Okay, uh, there he is. Okay, he's he sitting on here on my, on my shelf. I keep him here. Okay, um, and from is it alive? No, 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 he's dead. He's dead. Oh, he's dead. He's very dead. Um, okay, uh, so this is this is the 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 murex trunculus. You can produce trelet after you dye the wool with the trelet. You get this. Okay, it's a much longer process, but this is this is the wool. And as we place it into tzitzit, okay, we get the trelet that goes on tzitzit. Okay, so this is stuff that was was discussed theoretically in the mid 1800s, and that is about 30 years old. Um, uh, the final research done on on on, on trelet today. By the way, if you want to read a lot more about it, there's a lot of fascinating uh, information and videos and the whole thing. Um, you just uh, push up uh, into Google Ptil Tuchelet. Ptil Tuchelet. P-T-I-L Tuchelet. Spell it however you want. Google will correct you uh, and they'll take you to the, to, to the right place for that. So basically, to, to sum it up, halachic problems may exist, uh, but most of them can be overcome. Most of them can be overcome. Uh, as people are looking more and more into the issues, it turns out that Sphere's Kalisher was a little bit uh, naive on the halachic aspects. Here, there's some other things that have to be done. For instance, that there's a little, it is more complicated because the mizbeach that is necessary needs to be a mizbeach that is inaugurated. And you can only inaugurate the mizbeach through the korban tamid, which means we're back to the question of you know, can we bring a korban tamid without the machzita shekel or not? Okay, and that's, you know, that's been discussed as of, uh, as, as of recent as well. So th there's the various things that are, that are, that are going on. Um, I, I think that it's, that, it's, uh, that it's clear that we, for many, many generations, Jews have been hiding behind um, the, you know, the, the, the idea of, uh, no, we can't do that. Okay, it just, it's just not, it's not a possibility. Um, and there's no way it's going to happen, uh, etc. Uh, there's I, I've mentioned some many other occasions. There was this incredible piece in the Torah tidbits that was given out in shuls here in Israel. Um, uh, that one on Pesach a couple of years ago, um, where at the end of the seder they're singing Lashon Habab Yerushalayim in New York, 
and uh, the wife is sitting in the, in the corner and crying, and her husband comes over. Why are you crying? And the says, okay, we had a beautiful Seder. All the kids have been here. We've had a beautiful time. Now we're singing the Shana Babi Yerushalayim. And she says, I, I, don't, I don't want to go to Yerushalayim. Next year, I want, to, I, I want to be here. I'm comfortable here. The idea of going to Yerushalayim is, is, is that's not where I want to be. And her husband looks at her and says, oh, dear, don't worry. It's just a song. Ouch. Okay, um, it's not it's not just a song. Okay, it's not just a song, uh, and it's it. We, we have to be on top of it, and we need to we and, and we need we need to move forward uh, on all these various things that are there. Uh, there's an, a very interesting initiative that's happened over the past probably ten years already. Um, you can actually buy a portion of a korban pesach. Okay, in other words, you can buy into a korban pesach. Uh, and uh, if it becomes uh, possible, and a korban pesach is being able to be brought, then you're in. Okay, and as you're, uh, you're you're on one of those kaburot, um, you're, you're you're already there. If not, the money remains as a donation to the mikon uh whoever else is putting this this together. Um, but in the meantime, it's there, uh, and they see to it that there's enough uh, lambs or kids that are that are there don't have a moon. The moon is a very serious problem these days because for veterinarial reasons, um, the animals are given various injections and they're actually their ears are pierced because they label them uh, so they can identify them. Uh, that actually rends it as a, uh, as a moon uh, and, and you couldn't bring it as a korban. Uh, but the, uh, the, they see to it that there's enough of these around in order to, in order to wait off until after, um, uh, after Pesach in order to be able to, uh, to do these processes on the animals. Uh, and in order to allow them to be able to work with other Pesach. So, in short, the practicalities are not yet everything in place. They're not as far as you might think. They're not as far as you might think. Um, as far as the possibility of Korban Pesach this particular year, I think over the events of the last month, the only thing that we can possibly say is, I don't know. Um, Plans between breakfast and lunch, okay, are no longer known, okay? Uh, we have no clue. We have absolutely no clue. We don't know what the Baruch has in mind. We don't know where the things are, what, what, what direction things are going, but we should have the full emunah that whether it requires our earthly actions or some miraculous uh, heavenly actions, uh, we've seen that Kodesh Baruch Hu is in charge of the world. He can do whatever he wants at any point within very short period of time, take the entire world and turn it on its head. So there's no reason to believe that Midat Tova would be less than Midat Puranut. And if such terrible things can happen so quickly, amazing things can happen even more quickly and, and more intensely. So as we say in the Seder, Chasal Sidu Pesach Kihil Chato, we have finished going through the Seder, the Pesach, according to all of its halachot, by the same token, we've been, been zochet to go through the halachot of the Seder. We should be zochet to eat together of the Korban Pesach. Bezrat Hashem, looking forward, Yesod Yosef, next Wednesday night, different chaburot, each one separately, and being able to eat the Korban Pesach in Yerushalayim, and then to say Hallel on the rooftops, it looks like the Midrashah building. Can, you have to eat on the ground floor. Korban Pesach has to be eaten on the ground floor, but only the eating. So you switch. So you get people eat in the various classrooms, in classroom one, two, three, four, and five. 
uh, and then uh, Hama will be done on the, on the rooftop. Bezat uh, Hashem, looking forward to seeing you all there. Kotu, Chag Sameach, V'Briut L'Kula. Thank you. 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 Thank